The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. Good morning all, this is Ryan Tuberty, it is Wednesday morning, it's the 12th of January 2022 and we're here till 10 o'clock. The text number is 51551, you can email ryan at rte.ie. I was just looking at Angela Rayner, interesting person, I think she was somebody who's going to figure more greatly in British politics in the coming years because she is the deputy leader of the Labour Party. And it's funny how history can throw up these opportunities for people. Keir Starmer, the current leader of the Labour Party, has got COVID for the second time in three months. So he's out at a time when Boris Johnson needs to be taken on really strongly. Keir Starmer would be considered grand at the dispatch box. But Angela Rayner, the deputy leader, is a much more interesting prospect in terms of the banter, badinage and repartee that you'd expect at that dispatch box and she proved herself very capable in fact more than capable last week today, very interesting day across the water now listening to uh, the reports Boris Johnson has had so many parties that one of the Labour MPs said yesterday regarding the investigation of the parties, maybe they should find out talk about how many days they didn't have parties and work it that way because (laughs) they seem to have so many and he's got himself tied up in so many knots of, uh, let's say, a web, shall we say, of intrigue that when it comes to the PMQs, as they call it today, Prime Minister Question Time today, it'll be very interesting to see how he's going to wriggle out of this one. Because if cats have nine lives, he's on about 13 or 14 for some weird reason. He's a particularly special type of Tory cat. Um, but watch her and see how he does. And if you thought politics was boring... Tune in. Listen to Sean Whelan across in London. Yeah, great exchange with Brian Dobson yesterday on the news. Uh, fascinating. If you want to go further afar, uh, there's so much happening around the world as well as on this our own island as the, as the rules change now on close contacts. I get the sense that that to me is the nearest I've heard to a green shoot emerging and the exit strategy beginning. That, that is, there's no doubt about it that last week close contacts were a, a serious issue. We all had to hunker down. Now we don't have to anymore. There can only be one thing read into that and what that is a way out, which is can only be a good thing. Um, further abroad, the Djokovic story continues. It is, it is, the, the, the stories are coming out. Some, somebody else filled in my form. Um, I didn't know I was COVID positive. Come on. I mean, it is quite preposterous and, yeah, and there's a news channel over in, in in Australia, Seven Network, and the two broadcasters that were presenting the programme, Mike and Rebecca, they had just put out a report on Djokovic, and then they thought their microphones were turned off, and they decided to tell us what they really thought about Djokovic and his curious uh, tale of how events unfolded. Whatever way you look at it, Novak Djokovic is a lying, sneaky, asshole. (laughs) Like, whatever way you look at it, it's unfortunate that that everybody else stuffed up around him. That's it. 
Yeah, <laughs> honest, only Australia. There was a great reporter on with Claire Byrne last week, listing, uh, and Claire was was being polite and uh, informed and informative as she always is. And the guy turns around and he says, "Claire, the bloke's an anti-vaxxer." <laughs> Straight out, Claire, the bloke's an. Um, that's that's the Aussie way. And again, closer to home again, but also staying in Europe, you go to Italy, and there is a guy there, a nurse has been arrested. And do you know what he did? And this is this can happen in Italy when you're when you're if you watch Gamara and you see corruption. <laughs> I know Gamara's not real life and yet kind of is if if you uh, if you read the book on, on which it's all based. This guy, he's a nurse and he was arrested. His, what he did was he'd pretend to inject COVID-19 vaccines into people. Throw away the kit give them the, the the voucher, give them the, the vaccine cert. And so the people who didn't want to get this, and this isn't an anti-vaccine rant, this is simply a story in the papers. The people who didn't want to get the vaccine got the benefit of, of this cert without having anything put into their veins. And they this guy got caught. So there was about fi- at least 50 people bribed their way to get these uh, false certificates ultimately. And the guy, but the guy was caught on video uh, apparently discarding the vaccines into a container for used needles with people paying to earn a vaccination pass without actually getting the jab. So there's a group of workers at this vaccination centre in this particular region. Everyone knew where to go because they heard the word. And they'd earned a, about €20,000 through the scam by faking at least 50 certificates. And the unvaccinated people seeking the counterfeit, the fake cert, had travelled to this particular place from all parts of Italy and we're paying around 400 euro for the fake cert. So that it's a little scam uh, on the on the on the on the go in in uh, Italia. The man with the pig's heart which was uh, I mean people are agog aren't they and, and I'm not sure aghast. Somebody said yesterday would you do it um, if you were told it's either well if it's life or death yeah I'd say, give me the pigs the hamsters I'll take anyone's heart I'd, I'd go to the full menagerie he can throw them all into me and I'll say, I, I, I don't want to go anywhere I'd miss me too much I can't keep it coming <laughs> I go to the zoo say what do you got for me that's um, now some bonkers part of me was watching the news going has anyone asked the pig uh, how he or she felt about becoming a no, no. Here we go. That, that would we're all goosed then if we. I'll take a goose's heart as well. By the way, I mean I'll take anything. Um, but the man who became the first person is doing very well, you know. In fairness to him, it's very tempting to say, "How are you feeling?" He says, "I don't have a rashers." But of course, he couldn't do that because we. He clearly does forever, actually. But he's doing really well. He's fifty-seven. Seven-hour procedure. You, you probably heard about all this yesterday. But, but it was his son who was asked. I think it's kind of interesting. And his son was asked for an update. And, and even the, even his, this man's son couldn't get over what was happening. They told him around Christmas time that, there was, that that was pretty much his last option. He had less than six months to live. The only option was a pig heart. Um, he told me I thought he was suffering from delirium. I didn't believe him at first. We were walking into the unknown, but it provided a lot of hope and optimism uh, for my family. That said, it's a pig part has never been in a human. So we're thankful for each day that we have with my dad. Um, if the heart's doing great, my dad would love to continue with the pig heart. If not, 
perhaps the option for uh, a human heart in the future if he's compliant is available. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, now, uh, PMQ's Keir Starmer is back today. Oh, so he's out of isolation. I see. I didn't know that. Now we know. Um, it's still going to be fascinating but thank you for that 51551 Sonia was on send the popcorn to the UK there just isn't enough while watching this saga unfold I'm so excited for PMQs today I wish I was in the gallery wouldn't you though um, it, it's going to be very very exciting the poor Egypt they sent out to bat for him yesterday I mean it was he was sitting there uh, dripping with well as much sincerity as he could muster under the circumstances um, uh, I was fascinated in, in, given it's a year since uh, the Capitol Hill ri- uh, riots and attempted coup. Um, I was been listening to a podcast as recommended by a brother of mine called uh, The Coming Storm. And it is so interesting to learn where it all came from. The crazy, you know, far right proud boy basement dwelling gamer type weirdness um, uh, that that ultimately we ended up on Capitol Hill as a mishmash of very often very ordinary, non-political people who just went along and got involved. And, you know, it's just a, it's a strange mishmash of people. But where it all came from, and this guy, brilliant reporting, it's a BBC World podcast called Coming Storm. He goes right back. And it's just Clinton, 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 Clinton. Go back to the, the suicide of, of uh, Vince Foster, who was a Clinton White House attorney. And, and they take it from there. And then it, it, it evolves into this mad pedophile pizza basement in D.C. And on it goes. But it, and then QAnon. And gosh, I mean, if you ask me, a lot of it is down to loneliness, you know, rather than madness. And loneliness, if you have enough of it, can make you probably quite mad. But there you are. That's for for another day. But I, one of the aspects of it I found so interesting is that the FBI hunted down the people who were beating up police officers, breaking windows, knocking down doors, hunting Mike Pence, shout, shouting, let's hang him. You know, these guys and gals, obviously. And they were hunting them down. And they found a lot of them. But... A lot of citizens, they've, they, this is the thing that's happening a lot, I understand. Citizen sleuths. These are people who just take it upon themselves. It's kind of like a, a form of vigilantism, I suppose. Um, digital vigilantism. Whereby they take it upon themselves to help the FBI by, by hunting down the footage from the uh, Capitol Hill riots. Finding people and ultimately saying to the FBI, here's my dossier. You can have it for nothing. And and they apparently they've been hugely helpful, and not just not just crackpots and dingbats. It's actually people who are, at the time, have the inclination, want to do it for a democracy, for a God bless America, what have you, and it seems to be working. Citizen sleuths, and I think it's it's a bit of a thing. I know that some people have been doing this online communities where they maybe try and investigate a cold case. And then you think of talking about podcasts, you think of Serial, which was one of the biggest podcasts of, of recent times, where they do go to a cold case essentially and. And just keep at it, and then people get involved, and suddenly cases are reopened and reinvestigated, and on it goes. Uh, but the coming storm, and that's, that's a particularly good one. And I continue to be fascinated by Elizabeth Holmes, who was found guilty from her Theranos. If you if you watch that, the dropout, that's another good one. If you're looking for something to have a listen to along the way, um, I've mentioned uh, Charles Lawton and uh, when he played Quasimodo in that black and white. Um, Hunchback of Notre Dame 
version with Maureen O'Hara as Esmeralda. And there's a piece today by Dominic Cavendish talking about the fact that there's a new Serrano de Bergerac coming out with Peter Dinklage, who you'll know uh, from Game of Thrones and indeed from Elf. And he plays the Serrano character who is considering himself too ugly to be able to engage with this woman he, he, he fancies. And but the kind of the Gaston from Beauty and the Beast sort of uh, the handsome, big jawed galoot um, who, who ultimately, I think, uh, they, they, he, he's trying to get with her. You got the, the, the Serrano de Bergerac classic. But this piece says from Serrano to, to the Phantom of the Opera. The unlovely romantic is an enduring archetype. And I, I've always been fascinated by the, the tragic character who is afflicted by a perceived ugliness, yet appreciates beauty and loves unrequitedly. Uh, it's an enduring archetype through literature. And over the coming months or so, we're going to see two versions of Serrano de Bergerac, stage one with James McAvoy. What they've done with James McAvoy, they haven't given him the, the big nose, which you'll know from, say, Steve Martin or Jared Depardieu. Um, they have just said he thinks he's ugly. Uh, and it's kind of a, a kind of an ugliness for our times, perceived ugliness. I think it's very clever. Um, Peter Dinklage is uh, in the movie version, and the outcome, as this piece says, for the heroic grotesque, so-called, is always almost uh, bittersweet, and they're never able to fully escape the tragedy of the situation. Um, now, uh, so that's just uh, something to ponder as the days go by. When Ed, Ed David Bowie did The Elephant Man on Broadway, apparently, he had no makeup either. So that, that was ahead of... Well, he was always ahead of his time. Do you know you talk about being ahead of your, ahead of your time with David Bowie? I was watching David Baddiel doing a documentary and he was talking about cancel culture and the dangers of the, the internet. And they played a piece of David Bowie from 1999 on Newsnight. Now, talk about being ahead of the curve and wearing no makeup as The Elephant Man on Broadway... Uh, here he is talking to Jeremy Paxman about something that we knew little or nothing about called the internet. I don't think we've even seen the tip of the iceberg. I think the potential of what the internet is going to do to society, both good and bad, is unimaginable. I think we're actually on the cusp of something exhilarating and terrifying. It's just a tool, though, isn't it? No, it's not. No. No, it's an alien life form. What do you think, I mean, when you think then about... Is there life on Mars? Yes, it's just landed here. But that's, it's simply a different delivery system there. You're arguing about something more profound. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about the, the, the actual context and the state of content is going to be so different to anything that we can really envisage at the moment. Where the interplay between the user and the provider will be so... In simpatico, it's going to it's going to crush our ideas of what mediums are all about. Mm. I mean, that, is that not knockout Bowie talking like that? I mean, really, really, really fascinating. Don't lump don't lump gamers in with that shower. I know, but unfortunately for some gamers, uh, they are in 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 them. Uh, so it's a bit like saying readers. There are probably some some people are there are readers in that group too. But I'm just saying that gamers because they feature. So prominently, as you'll hear when you re listen back to it, yeah. But of course, not all gamers <laughs> are storming Capitol Hill. Uh, don't with cats on. Yeah, I've seen that. We talked about that before uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, I did enjoy that. But you're right; it was uh, for digital vigilantism. Digilantism. 
We've got a portmanteau there, surely. Uh, is that transplant man on the pig's back? I tried every porcine gag in the book in my head yesterday. I, 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 I didn't, I didn't um, cover myself in glory, I might, I might say. Uh, chopping onions. Just a quick one on this, because there's another, speaking of a nice portmanteau, we have a lovely uh, marriage of, of, of words here when we talk about this new onion called the sunion. Now, sunion it just simply allows you to chop away and you won't have tears in your eyes. They've tried it for years to stop the tears. Apparently, with a regular onion, you stick it in the freezer, you soak it in water, you wear swimming goggles. They even tried at one stage to flog onion slicing goggles. I mean, they'll do anything. The mind goggle. Uh, but sunions are a lot more expensive than the regular onion, but they, uh, they, they have developed this. It's a tearless onion. It's a game changer. It's a brown, tearless, sweet onion. And it has been... In, they've been trying to perfect it for, for years and years. The race to develop a tearless onion has been a long one, with scientists around the world working on prototypes for decades. Sunions were launched in the US four years ago. It got to Europe last year, picked up by a number of Spanish retailers, and now they have landed, uh, certainly in the UK, but I'm not sure if they are here yet. But isn't it part of the fun, chopping an onion to watch the tears fall? Um, and uh, you, you, you earn the joy of the meal afterwards. We mentioned um, Magawa. Magawa is the uh, the rat who sniffed out landmines and uh, sniffed out more than a 100 landmines and other explosives during his service. And the reason we mentioned was before was because he was given a medal. And the, there's a, there is a picture. If you look up Magawa, the landmine rat, uh, what else would you be doing? Uh, although, why do you have to go to work now? Because <laughs> you're not a close contact anymore. But uh, the Magawa, the, the landmine rat, is uh, with the medal, like the ribbon and the medal, the whole thing. And he looks, he, do you know what? I've, I've never seen a, a rat look more more elegant. I mean, it's more like a Disney rat. He looks pretty chuffed. Like, he's just short of a podium and a few words. That that That's how humanoid this this rat is. But they announced that he's he's passed away. And uh, they, they, very formally, it's with a heavy heart that we share the sad news that Magawa passed away peace, peacefully this weekend. I don't know how you establish the peacefulness of a dying rat, but they have. And we can tell you that he died peacefully. He was in good health and spent most of last week playing with his usual enthusiasm. But towards the weekend, he started to slow down, napping more and showing less interest in food in his last days. But he made it to a grand old age of... You wonder, how big is it? Like, how long should our... You know what they say? Ah, meanwhile, the, the rodent world gathering around the uh, probably some rat cathedral um, and saying, gosh, yeah, he had a good innings. He lived to the age of eight, which is... Could be ancient. Could be a, like a sage. It could be something out of like Lord of the Rings. You will not pass, he said to the landmine as he made his way with his medal hanging out of... Uh, and I'm not even going to tell you about the uh, the the, uh, the 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 a goldfish operated uh, robotic car in Israel because I think we have all had too much of this sort of story this morning. <laughs> How did a goldfish drive a car? You can look it up yourself. I'm not a goldfish driving a car. Do you want to know about the goldfish driving a car? Uh, the, the team at Ben Gurion University developed an FOV. So then like SUVs are gone. The FOV is a, vo- a fish-operated vehicle. Uh, the ro- uh, robotic car is fitted with uh, LiDAR, a remote sensing technology that uses pulsed laser light to collect data on the vehicle's ground location and the fish's whereabouts uh, inside a mounted water tank. A computer, camera, electric 
motors and omni wheels give the fish control of the vehicle. Well, that's fine. Except that <laughs> the fish can never remember where they left their keys. So it's not probably never going to happen, ultimately. 51551. Aren't the police supposed to be guarding number 10, says Dan in Cork? How come parties were taking place under their noses? Nothing to see here, Dan. Uh, every time I hear about the Djokovic controversy, I imagine Aaron Sorkin or Jesse Armstrong or someone else coming up, uh, up and coming screenwriter working on a firecracker for screenplay for an entertaining and insane film about Djokovic versus the Australian Prime Minister and government. Oh, I'd like to watch that already. Wow, Bow, Bow, Bowie really was a visionary, says the text. I'm blown away by the insights he had about the internet way back when. Gosh, I miss him and his presence in the world, says Bill. And uh, another says Bowie's statement is akin to Andy Warhol's prediction that one day everyone would want their 15 minutes of fame. And I was looking at uh, the documentary of Andy Warhol's America the other evening and how clever, like he was, a, a, he was an immigrant into America and he just was bowled over by the consumerism and like the beauty, like the, the beauty of the shape of a Coke bottle. You know, whatever about a can of Coke, the Coke bottle that you see in a bar is a beautiful thing to look at. And he saw that. He saw the Campbell soup tin and said there's beauty in that. And uh, we know what happened to, to him anyway. Ryan, people such as Ronan Farrow were involved in citizen vigilantism, identifying the man in the now famous image dressed head to toe in black combat gear with cable ties on the chamber floor. They tracked his movements backwards, identifying each part of his clothing until they got as far as a photo of him and his mum, his mother, in a nearby hotel, storming the capital. Um, a nice mother and son activity. Well, it is these days. Very good. Five one five five one. Um, Andy Warhol on Coca Cola. You can, you can. He says you can be watching TV and see Coca Cola, and you know that the president drinks Coke. Uh, Liz Taylor drinks Coke and you just think you can drink Coke too. A Coke is a Coke and no amount of money can get you a better Coke than the one the bum in the corner is drinking. All the Cokes are the same. All the Cokes are good. Liz Taylor knows it. The president knows it. The bum knows it. And you know it. Couldn't have asked for a better advertising line than that. But it, 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 it's a true story. And that documentary showed you saw Kennedy drinking the, the, the Coke, Liz Taylor, all the... Because it became the, the, the an exercise in soft drink democracy in some ways. All right, 51551 is the text number at 9.25. I will start today with this beautiful piece of music. Wednesday morning at five o'clock She's leaving home It's a thing of such beauty. And that is She's Leaving Home from the Beatles. Uh, the guy who received the transplant of a pig's heart is doing well, according to his cousin, Kevin Bacon. Now, I'm not even giving you a badumtish for that. No, no, no. Marks for effort. But no, it's got... No. There's no, he's no relation to Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Regarding the, uh, the rat who finds the mines, do you know that weasels hold a funeral when one of their own dies? No. Do they really? What the... How do you know that's a fear? You see, I often wonder about it. David Attenborough does this a lot and, and uh, I'm not trying to take him down a peg or two. But sometimes naturalists t can do that, can't they? They attribute human emotions to what they see on the TV. He's making his way towards the other lizard with amorous intentions. He could be actually asking the lizard at the time. So it's, 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 it's not often the case that it works that way. I mean, we, leave, we leave that to Walt Disney. I mean, at least that's complete act of fiction. Whereas if you do it that way, it's different. But um, if you mean, we oh, sorry, just to start before, all the naturalists write into us. We know that stoats are Ireland's 
creature of choice when it comes to this thing. Weasels are not in Ireland. All right, so we don't need to have a debate. That's just a given. Okay, good stuff. As someone who has an intolerance, says a text, to onions, I regularly visualise or imagine that I'm chopping a potato. And as I'm relaxed, it usually works. And then there are no tears. Okay, so you psych yourself out of onion land and into spud land and it works for you. Good on you, okay. Let's talk to our guest this morning after this. Right, yeah, Elevon Merchant Services. Good. I want to say welcome to the show as our sponsors. That's nice and uh, good to have you on board. And I uh, hope you're happy, and we're happy to have you. So that's good news. Uh, now, text five one five five one. I got a text from my sister Dara Girl in London yesterday morning. That's <laughs> that's great. She was on her way to into a Bowie exhibition because she's obviously a cool cat. And I replied, I wish, wish, wish I was there with you. Uh, we could be. She rang me on WhatsApp video and said, You are coming with me. And we whipped around all of it, even the merch. Boy would have improved. Please thank you for being the sweetest sister. Well done, Dara Girl. That's excellent work. And uh, also, very, you're right, it, it's a very, very Bowie-friendly thing to do, to go through the exhibition uh, with the uh, phone and, and saying, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. I love the FaceTime and the WhatsApp video because it, it, it just it's such a different thing from a phone call or a letter, even though I like them too. But in terms of being able to see the person that you love or miss or want to be with, um, it's such a nice way of doing it. Um, Speaking of which, I got to Dublin Castle yesterday to see a a beautiful exhibition for those of you who are interested in the world of photography. Uh, It's curated by the Gallery of Photography Ireland and the Office of Public Works, and it's called In Our Own Image. And what you see is the first comprehensive, uh, basically, survey of photography from across Ireland. And it's a centenary exhibition, charts how photography has reflected and shaped Irish identity. And it goes from the earliest photographs and the pioneers of photography right up to, pretty kind of up to the 50s. But you know when you're looking at these photos and you say, like, particularly the stuff in the 1860s and 70s, they now look like hipsters today. And I'm not saying that in, in, a, in a pejorative way. Actually, they look great. And sometimes in old photographs, you see, you can see contemporary faces. And sometimes you just can't because they're just too lost in Victoriana. And it could be sepia. But this, this, this if you're interested in, even remotely in photo, photography, it is a fascinating, it brings to life part Irish, not just history, it's, it's a day-to-day life as well. Um, and there's some uh, very moving photographs of evictions and the battering ram and people then trying to get through uh, life after that, living in mud huts. And there's photographs of them looking at the camera going, we're, we're, we're finished here or this is, we're trying to stay dignified. Um, and another photo of, and you see people with faces that, that can only be described as like the Punch magazine, that awful uh, simian face. Uh, where the jaw and the head is 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 almost uh, misshapen. I don't know whether it was because of a diet and the famine or what have you, but um, it's it's extraordinary. And then the elegance of the photographs then from uh, the Civil War, uh, but particularly uh, the evacuation of British soldiers from barracks and different buildings in Ireland. There's, a, there's something quite uh, still with great pride in, in that too. But anyway, it's it's there. It's it's free in. It's 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 a big hall, plenty of room, and it's uh, well worth the visit. It's in Dublin Castle. The the print works there, um, and then you can go into the the lovely. Um, 
what's the the the, the like, I always <laughs> the famous yeah it's, it's a completely uh, like it got out of my mind Chester Beatty and uh, there's a beautiful uh, uh, coffee shop there but not just coffee it does uh, Middle Eastern food and Palestinian food and that kind of thing as well as tea and cake but uh, yeah well worth well worth the trip if you're in the area um, I must say the Ryan Tuberty show on RTE Radio One. Uh, thank you to Connor for sharing his story. He says the text is a beautiful uh, and brilliant film called Darius Goes West about a boy called, named Darius who has DMD and takes his wheelchair on the road. It's worth a while. I haven't heard of that. It sounds very good indeed. Uh, on nature and the documentaries and so on, Sean and Cork says, it's so often I want to learn more about nature. I'm disappointed to discover that most documentaries nowadays are nothing more than eco-porn. The usual themes of sex and violence Merely exploiting these magnificent, mysterious creatures. And uh, that's it. Well, they do love doing that, don't they? And now the feathers are all out and the mating starts. Uh, it's a dance. It's not. He's just probably having a, you know, getting some wind in the sails. Uh, I found that not forming an emotional attachment to the onions really helps, says Danny. That's great. Just uh, <laughs> to stop those tears. Good man. Nine minutes to ten is villagers. Sublime voice uh, there, uh, villagers. Uh, Trick of the light, um, and somebody's saying, "Yes, smother. it's the smother theme." Of course, I forgot about that. Smother is uh, back on Sunday nights these days, um, uh, but that is a great piece of music, no doubt about it. Speaking of wildlife, a text says, "I I found my daughter's goldfish uh, floating this morning. Any ideas how I break it to her? She's six. Details on R.I.P. <laughs> Die. Oh no. How do? You? Okay. Well, that's just say uh, like the rat um, died peacefully." Died peacefully in sleep, and it's time to grow up. You know, you're six, so I'm just going to have to confront the immortality of it all. No, don't do that. Just peacefully is good. Uh, Bridget, good morning. Good morning, Ryan. How are you well today? I'm very well, thank you. I was just mentioning in passing yesterday that sales of Rolls Royces have gone through the roof in the UK as people spend their COVID money. It was a people, that percentage. Uh, and I mentioned also in passing that I've never been in a Rolls Royce, unlike you. Yes. I was very young, though. Yes, go on. Um, we walked, we, sorry, we got a lift to primary school uh, for about the three miles. Generally, a teacher from another school that would be passing by at the end of our road or whatever would have picked us up and dropped us off at the school. Yeah. But we always had to make our own way home. And there was myself and my brother, who was just about two years older than me. So we would have to walk home um, after school. Hmm. And being the little tyrant I was, I would have to get my head stuck into everything, be it dogs along the road, and I'd stop and I'd be looking at this, that and the other. And my brother would uh, try his best to try get me to come along. So this day I decided that I had walked enough and I wasn't going to walk any further. And lo and behold, at, I was probably about six, maybe seven, I decided that I would um, hitch a lift. And really, really, we're, we're talking about the 60s now, so people did do that in those yeah, days. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, this Rolls-Royce stopped, who was 
uh, Mr Strutt, who would have been the nephew of the third of Lord Leitrim's, and uh, I had climbed into it. So climbed into it, and probably two, three hundred yards further up the road, my brother was walking, and Mr Strutt asked me, did I know him? And I said, no, gosh, don't know who that young man, that boy is at all. And I would imagine, and I can't even remember this, but I'd say I looked out at him and quite possibly stuck my tongue out at him to say, ha ha, I got one up on you. In a Rolls Royce. In a Rolls Royce. Was it nice in the Rolls Royce? It was super because as children we were car spotters. So like there was no way that I was going to let my brother into a Rolls Royce. (laughs) I had that one up on him all my life. You spiteful child. I hope you made up for it uh, as an adult. (laughs) Uh, Bridget, I enjoyed your story. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Nice to talk to you. One one last thing, Ryan. Yes. Would my child's story qualify me for um, toy show tickets if there's an audience? Absolutely not. But I tell you what it would do is it it, it could could help in in tickets for our regular show if that's of interest to you. We could talk about that again. But the toy show, that's another level altogether. Also, it's January. We have another 11 months, for goodness sake. Good day to you, madam. (laughs) Thank you. Nice to speak with you. And you. And this is the point we say goodbye to you all and have a wonderful day. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned to Claire Byrne and we'll see you tomorrow. The Ryan Tuberty Show. Listen back on the RTE Radio Player.